Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling and Whatever. I'm your host, M. Dangerously. You can call me Mikey, along with Jay Glow and the Ben Wayne. And we're going to talk about that pay per view, that dynamite pay per view, that sparkler pay per view. We're talking about that pay per view that just took place with AEW, um, you know, and, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, man, that was a dud rating for me. I if, if, if we had to do dud ratings, I mean, ugh. All I got to say is, talk about a revolution. Well, it sucks. <laughs> wow, that's it. <laughs> that's summed it up in one song. Yeah. Oh, man, my happy I didn't spend money on that. Oh, me either. Well, my... well wait. <laughs> How, how we shouldn't say how we got a hold of this if we're not. Well, I didn't it. watch it. I watched oh. bits and pieces online afterwards. Legally, you heard it here, FBI. We I watched clips, bits and pieces of it legally, and I watched. I actually, you know what made this pay per view okay is the memes afterwards <laughs> that I saw of it. So any good memes you could you want to show? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Eddie Kingston covering Dean Ambrose <laughs> and hearing that Celine Dion song go off. <laughs> my heart will go on <laughs> yeah. oh man that Titanic was, that was and you know and you know if we want to you know spoiler alert with that end, end of this pay-per-view we'll, we'll be all over the world I think with this this whole review that we're going to talk about but that ending so many people like took back what happened and then when you have the neckbeards try to defend like oh well you know you were never you were never uh, with an IED before so you know how explosions work with the heat and then Tony Khan comes on and is like yeah you know when you uh, when you put something together with a crayon I guess you know it's bound not to work right and it's like who are you bearing because I feel bad for Eddie Kingston because he sold it like that was the end all be all of a fucking explosion and then you have even Dean Ambrose at the end of the match come out in their post show going I don't know what the hell that was that was a piece of garbage uh, you know it's like <laughs> mm, who, who, nobody's on the same page you have the announcers being like towards the end that countdown get out of there get out of there it's gonna blow up it's gonna blow up <laughs> and then, you know fucking Gilbert came out at the end there with the fucking sparklers it, you know I, I don't know Z Ben Wayne how do you how do you explain that I think it was bad booking, you know. I think that they uh, booked an exploding bomb, an exploding bomb barbed wire match. I think that's what they booked it as, and they just didn't get that. That's uh, like how it translates, I guess, in North America. I would imagine that people didn't have a hand in it, and the pyrotechnic that Zero Hour said, "No, this is how it's going to have to go down in order to get it on TV or something," because that's how it had to go, right? Like they didn't know it was going to be that shitty. I thought when the match from the some of the match that I saw when they hit into those ropes, I was like, okay, I'm sold on that. Like you know, bumping into the ropes and those like going off, like like that was pretty cool. And they and they sold it good, but then like I don't know, there was a dud when there was a move that one of them did to the other one outside double arm, some, yeah, right onto that like onto that piece of wood that was wrapped in barbed wire. That when I saw that go off, I went. It was the paradigm shift, and that should have been a big explosion. It was just a dud. You know? Yeah, it looked like Kane was going to come out from from underneath the table. I thought Kane was going to. It's funny things. enough you mentioned that a casual fan that I was speaking to today actually said Kane's pyrotechnics are were bigger than the AEW ones when he comes out, and they absolutely are right. 
But some there was a meme going around saying that California uh, gender reveals were more hardcore than that match, which you know, Jesus. I mean, you know, too soon? Question mark. We don't know, but uh, you know, I, I could agree with that. It, it's just, it, I don't know. There, it very. The way I could have seen this happen was they could have said, oh, my God, there's an explosion. Look out. And then they could have just cut the feed. They could have just did a, a weird, like, sleight of hand trick with the with the um, the hard camera. And they could have just, like, shook. And then they could have went off the air. And that could have been it. Mikey, didn't and, um, what? The, the Darby and Sting match, wasn't that a pre-recorded match? Yeah. And I, the <laughs> announcers were talking over it like it was a Beavis and Butthead uh, music video. Like, I was like. Uh, it really took me out of the belief of well, that. Well, what I mean is, why didn't they do it with the exploding bombs match then? If they could do oh, it with one, why not do it with the other to make it look a little better, you know, for TV? That, that would have been a good idea. I, I like that. I like I like my idea as well, just to kind of sell it like that. And then even if they wanted to go back and then like, oh, I was there at Ground Zero when this happened. And then like the, fir- the first half hour to hour of Dynamite on Wednesday, well, what are they, two hour show? So maybe like the ha- first half hour, they could have had like uh, reenactments of like the announcers trying to get out of the arena before it blew up or something. You know what I mean? Like some- they could have just been cheesy shit like that. They could have like those, you know how they have on those detective shows when they do the reenactments of like, yeah. you know, the murder or something? They could have had, you know, this is allegedly what happened and they have like a, a, a you know and they could make fun of it you know what i mean they could be like actors artists you know you know you have some sort of i don't know vince russo could have been portrayed uh jr as oklahoma trying to get out of the fucking arena or something you know what i mean just have fun with it well you know, you know like uh they're blaming omega right i and omega apparently yeah, hot about it but building it's an angle. it or whatever yeah, they're saying he didn't know how to build it, but they said Omega was hot backstage after that match because fucking shit did not go the way it wanted. They wanted it to like that. Is, he was uh, very um, upset about the how you know the pyros went off. How were they supposed to go off? Then? Have In you ever mind. seen an exploding barbed wire match, a bombs match, like in Japan? Like these fucking thi- dude, these when you hit those ropes every time, they're like a fucking boom, like a big bomb goes off. Like it's not like that. Like seriously. Um, if ever anybody wants to check it out, Wrestling's Most Brutal Matches, presented by the Squared Circle, a classic Blu-ray collection <laughs> of all the best death matches, which is a which are, which are real. <laughs> he right here in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and anyway, you know, fucking, they're really like uh, even a barbed wire match in ECW was better than what they put on in AEW. However, yeah, you know, like maybe they're thinking we'll recondition the fans. We won't be so barbaric. I was thinking maybe they're going that way. So, but the progression of those matches has to be worse, like hell in the cell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, peel back the curtain just a little bit before we started this podcast. You did send us the Terry Funk, um, Sabu match. That was the barbed wire. That match just for barbed wire was amazing. Amazing. Like, that was Good. That's a barbed wire fucking match in America. You know, in what North America. Doing with AEW? You know what happened that... with that match though, Michael? Um, they did not use the correct barbed wire. Those barbs oh, were okay. all real. And did you see at the end they actually had to snap them out of that? They were connected. They could Funk and Sabu could not get apart. So they came yeah. out with wire cutters and actually broke them out because they were using really mm. good barbed wire. Oof. His arm, that one mm-hmm. shot with his fucking arm. I yeah, was... Sabu's bicep I was, like, was never the same. <laughs> I've like, seen I've seen better barbed wire fights with superhuman on <laughs> online jumping into barbed wire uh, microwaves, plugs, and whatnot. Womp, womp. 
Um, yeah, you're right. You're right there, man. I, it just it was it was it was sad. You know, if we want to talk Poor. about something that was pretty decent, I, I would say that 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 you know uh, street fight match was was pretty for a cinematic match was pretty good. I, I liked it. Um, I just couldn't get in with with the announcers talking over it. It just it, it I I thought I was watching uh, an episode of Beavis and Butthead when they did the uh, when they would do like the talks of the music music videos and shit like that. You know, like there's a few things what they need to do is they need to if they already have that pre recorded they need to have people sitting there like listening to it with pre recorded commentary, put bits and pieces in there. And, like, maybe give those guys, like, a 10 to 15-minute break, like JR, Tony Giovanni, and all them. Give them a break during that time. There's no one in the audience. Give them that time to, to look over their notes, try to get some shit prepared for the next match that's coming up that's live. And have that cinematic match, have all the shit pre-dubbed in there already. So that way, it, like you said, it doesn't sound like a Beavis and Butthead episode. I've watched enough of AEW to realize that they are not heavily produced announcers. When they're sitting there and they have that, you know, they're, they're talking to each other for a little bit. There's not a Vince McMahon screaming in their ears to like say, this is what's happening next. Da, 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 da. I can guarantee you, I will bet my life that there's nobody in those headsets telling JR, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone what to say. You, you guys could fight me on the fucking streets if you want, but there's no way that if there was somebody in the back telling them how to say something, there it, is no there isn't it's tony khan <laughs> which uh, is nothing <laughs> no it's just no i don't even think to be you know to make no joke about it there is nobody there talking to them. right right they think jr they think tony khan i don't know if they think excalibur could come up and talk and shit like that i don't think so i don't think they can they were great tony shivani and jim ross in their heyday were great talkers now i think they're just they're Wallets are being lined with money, and they don't care. People said they were very concerned about Jim Ross's voice. I know at the beginning it was bad. I didn't hear how he got by the end. Did anyone hear like what happened? It was it was very hoarse in the beginning. He did make like you know assertion and he apologized for whatever. But what was he doing that his voice got that bad? You know what I mean? Like the beginning of the pay per view started, and his voice was dynamite. That's all they do is dynamite, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, right? And he's not—he's not, he's not going to be on that uh, AEW Evolution, right? That's going to be Tony Schiavone and Big Show. You know, I, maybe that's why they did that too. Possibly, I think Schiavone's the shits. I—I I didn't think he was even good in the NWA era, to tell you, or WCW. I never thought Schiavone was that great. He's a baseball announcer, and he's always been phoning it in for years. You know, Flair got him his job in WCW. I mean, NWA. That's how he became an announcer. That's interesting. <clears throat> I love Shivani. Really? So, yeah, I loved him and Zabisco together. That, that was great. I love listening to those guys on Nitro back in the back day. Back in like 95, 96, because they were at the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we could talk about the pay-per-view a little bit more. Did you guys catch the opening match? The tag match I caught, but man, I don't know what it is, but the Bucks, it's like I've seen their match a hundred times. Every Bucks match. I think people are getting Every young Bucks match. I've, I'm like, fuck, I've seen this before. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's like plug in whatever tag team you want, and the Bucks are going to have the same match with them. 
It's just how it's going. Wow. Even Jericho. You put Jericho in that match. MJF was supposed to be the uber new heel. Jericho was supposed to be the pa- the great heel of the past. And it still was not that entertaining of a match to me. It's just the Bucks doing a lot of flippity-flop stuff, you know, and they have such a routine. And they go through it, and when it's over, it's over, you know? I wonder if they're if the young Bucks are like the type of people where they, they lay out the match to, to the footstep. And I bet you if, like, if, say, like, a table bump didn't break or whatever, I wonder if they would just be flabbergasted and wouldn't know what to do next. They, they seem like the type of people as wrestlers as, like, this is, this is how the match is going to go. You know, we're going to do this, this, this. This is our spot. But, like, if they're in the match and it happens and something messes up, I don't know if they'd be able to, like, okay, we got to go to plan B. Because I don't think that's the Young Bucks style, you know. Do you like the Young Bucks, Jay Glow? I love the Young Bucks. I love them in New Japan. <clears throat> I'll just throw that out there. They, <clears throat> I want to say they wrestle a little bit different in New Japan than they are now. I feel like they're more comfortable knowing that they that they're running this corporation, that they're you know well they they're co-owners of it, right? Or co-bosses oh, people or something like that, yeah. So, like, I think it's between those two, Cody and Tony, as, like, the, the, the guys that you go to for anything. So, I think they're more so in the admin role of everything. And they're just like, okay, we did this back at, uh, you know, New Japan on this day. I don't think anyone's going to remember this. We'll just put all these moves together. We'll finish with this. And then we'll be in the back for the rest of the night. So, <clears throat> I like them. And like I said, when I was watching them in New Japan, they were they were pretty pretty good. They were entertaining, uh, especially with the whole bull club thing. So, but yeah, like I said, it's it, they what what a lot of these guys that came over from New Japan need to do is they need to reinvent themselves. That's what a lot of people, except for your Ric Flairs and your Arn Andersons, did when they came over to WCW because the Horsemen were over. So it's it's tough. It's tough to compare the same thing over and over again that they're doing. But I do agree with you. It just seems like they, they have nothing dialed up for plan B, C, D, E. They just go by with what they know. And if that, if that fucks up, then they just, you know, say, Oh, well it's a shoot. (laughs) Do you think, I mean, from what I hear from both of you, because I'll be honest with you, I don't know the young bucks career. I don't know Kenny Omega's career. The two of you are probably well, well versed with both of, both, all three of those guys' career, you're all telling me the same thing. You're telling me like, oh, New Japan, they were the best. But now yeah. they're not doing what they did in New Japan. But then you just said that they need to reinvent themselves, but you also said that they need to bring back what they did in New Japan. So I don't know if like, maybe their audience in New Japan was different and maybe like, I said this off the air, were they more gullible in New Japan than they are here? Like, you know, that explode, but now you're saying, uh, the Ben Wayne that like exploding death matches were more of a spectacle than whatever they showed. Oh, here definitely. In yes. The States. Yeah. There was, pay- so, there so was like promotions based but, around death matches, like big Japan and stuff. That was such a, mm-hmm. you know, phenomenal spectacle to watch. And also their blow offs to feuds, like it's a, like a hell in a cell. That's what they were trying to set up with this exploding barbed wire match. And man, do you ever want to see that kind of exploding barbed wire match again? No. But like to go back to kind of what Jay Glow was saying, 
the Bucks did wrestle a bit different in New Japan, and the difference between Omega and the Bucks is Omega has changed his game in the states, whereas the Bucks have like kind of not. They actually have less in right. their game in the states than what they did in New Japan. Like Omega has kind of turned the heel up. He's kind of getting the idea you have to be a character in, uh, you know, in the United States to get over, and that's kind of where he's going instead of just focusing on his matches. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't. Uh, wondering where the fuck is kenny omega that we love in new japan whereas we're getting this where's exactly, the cleaner we're getting this kind of watered down version the bucks however are these flippity floppy guys who've left all their like uh, strong style out of their fucking performances they used to give in new japan like they were hard hitters they didn't just fly through the air in new japan they would grind you down to the mat and wrestle you know they don't do that anymore right and that's another thing too that i noticed uh kenny said in his one of his interviews he's like People want the cleaner back. Well, you got him back and all this different types of stuff. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. (laughs) And that's the thing, though. I feel I wanted to touch on that exploding barbed wire match. We got what we got. AEW's Mm -hmm. style. Exploding barbed wire. We didn't get like a CZW type style uh, exploding barbed wire match. Or like you said, New Japan where it's 1995 and you got let's say for years year um argument's sake on the year terry funk versus sabu or uh terry funk versus cactus jack like we don't we don't have that here because it's it's a pg world and we're just living in it but we got the AEW style we didn't get anything else other than that and they could play off of this they could do something different where kenny they could put it on him and say Kenny didn't want to get hurt that much or something if they really wanted to pull over his heel character. But that's not believable because that's not the Kenny Omega that everybody knows. The Kenny Omega is the guy that will do anything to, to fucking get his guy completely wiped out. And the same thing goes with Dean Ambrose. That's why it was such a good buildup. But uh, w- what I think and another reason, too, is to go back to what we were saying about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega – those those guys wrestling in Japan, wrestling in Japan is a hundred percent different than wrestling in the United States. Over in Japan, the 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 audience is so fucking quiet that those guys were literally it's it's like performing in front of the president, and if you don't do well, then you're executed. That's how I feel like when they're over in Japan, how they perform. They're quiet. They listen, they observe, and they only applaud when you've done something great. And now, with how the United States is, and we're stupid over here, we won, we clap, we cheer for anything, just get on TV as audience members. Uh, and well, there is no audience now, but they know that, okay, they're going to buy these tickets, or they're going to buy this stream, they're going to buy this or that, and they're going to they're gonna watch it regardless. So the hype up was in the name of the match. AEW pulled it off to their standards, which... Maybe we'll get a another match, a, a rematch of it all, and the ending will be maybe like Mikey said, cinematic, um, or something along those lines where it's going to be more believable now that you could put your money where your mouth is, Tony, and put it in here and put it towards the match and actually have explosions in there, but maybe pull them out of the ring first so that way the lights go out and then everything just explodes. You know what I mean? So. I don't know if they if they really pulled the whole concept of that match off well. So I don't know if they'll be doing it again. And I feel like everybody was not on the same page. You had Eddie Kingston come down and cover John Moxley. And 
you know, then at the end, Moxley got up and like, you know, said some shit about how bad it was. I don't think that is going to, I don't, I mean, you said, you said, Ben, that uh, Omega was pissed off at how the match went off, like how, how, how it ended. Do you think he'd be pissed off by what he heard Moxley say? Like, do you th- or do you think that's all just placated heat? Like, do you think that's just all I heard was heat? that after the fact, after the matches, he was upset at the way the match played out and that how um people acted like they got killed over these pyros that were not a big deal. Now, whether that was kayfabe or not, I'm not sure. AEW is one of those like fucking Russo esque promotions where we don't know if it's a shooter or work, and they're always working the mark, so we don't really know. Khan mm-hmm. came out today and put something out saying it was because Omega had bad design to the, the match. Now I think it's something they're going with. You know, that's the story is Omega didn't do something right. So that's going to be why it was shitty. But they gave us a bait and switch. They told us that we were getting an exploding bombs barbed wire match and we got a sparkler bombs barbed wire match. You know, it wasn't exactly what we expected. Was it even bombs? Was it bomb? <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about that. Was it bombs? I don't think so. It was like, Maybe M- so a couple, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> firecrackers out there. They should have. They should have made it a electrocuted barbed wire match, and then like the the wrestlers when they hit the barbed wire, they could have sold the. You know what I mean? Like they could have did that. The bombs hitting off the. I I said at the beginning of the podcast, the bombs when they hit the ropes sounded. They looked cool, but like I don't know. It looked like when gold dust got electrocuted that's what it looked like you know what i mean it was like one of those type of like pyro not even that good though even when Goldust got electrocuted and he started stuttering back in the wwe days oh, oh, oh. Yeah. like when he hit that uh, generator like that was a good explosion i don't know these barbed wires didn't seem like they hit good the the triple death table at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the ringside, there didn't look good either. The bomb suit was basically that the referee was wearing was basically if you guys ever went to one of those places where you go to smash things, uh, the missus took me and and her sister there once, and you go to one of these places and you pay like a fixed amount and you have like ten or fifteen minutes to like smash up things. You can go like it's like called a rage room in the United States. They call them rage rooms. I don't know what they call them you know, across the globe or anywhere else. But here in the United States, they're called rage rooms. You sign a waiver, you get, you know, 10, 15 minutes. If you brought something, you can take it in there and smash the things up with that. We didn't do that. They didn't have like a barbed wire baseball bat. I wish they did. That would have been pretty cool. But like, you know, I got like a golf club or I think I had like a cricket bat and I was smashing up like monitors and shit like that. But before you go into those rooms, they you put on this like, it look it's almost like a paper like a paper gown but it's like covered like you cover yourself completely so you don't get the dust or debris or the glass and stuff that's what the bomb squad uniform looked like with the referee it looked like a paper like gown pretty much because okay, paper mache point, hazmat suit <laughs> yeah at one point omega like rips off the 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 arm of the announce of the the uh, referee and the referee's like freaking out but like it's so weird. Like, I don't think the referee knew what he was doing either because he's like, he's like, ah, oh, you pulled off my arm. And he's like hopping around, hopping around, hopping around. And then like he goes to fucking the Good Brothers and he's trying to escort him out the ring. I'm like, which way are you going here, referee? Like, what are you trying to sell? I don't understand. I'm so confused because I'm a guy. I don't know if a lot of wrestling fans are like this. I at some point I will wander away and I'll just watch like the background shit. 
And I was watching that referee and I'm like, I don't think he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly think like, he's like, oh yeah, I'll just officiate this match. Like he didn't know where to stand. He didn't know how to take a hit or like when the fucking bombs were going off, he didn't know where to stand. You know what I mean? I feel like it was poor communication skills. You know what I mean? And then when the announcers started selling that last five to 15 seconds uh, before the bomb goes off, it was like, oh, something big's going to happen. And then the sparklers went off. And then the announcers sold it like, did you feel the heat from those explosions go off? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what are you guys doing? Like, nobody got word. Brush burn. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? So they, the announcers sold it to the best of their ability. Eddie Kingston, his career died there. That's, that's <laughs> his carcass was that of of i'm gonna sell this and you know these explosions killed me you know the end of the video i saw of him covering him and then once they started going off you could just see his arm go limp like fuck <laughs> he's dead <laughs> he's dead they killed him no he's just like his arm droop like it was like it was like throwing a basketball up but there's zero seconds left and then you don't make it and you just go oh fuck are you kidding me <laughs> Like that's exactly what it looked like. I was dying when I saw that. It was just like, like you said, like my career's dead here. I tried selling a fucking sparkler from the dollar store going off in here. Unreal! What a shit show. It really was with such big. Like uh, they had such high hopes, you know. I think you're right. I think there was supposed to be this high hopes of how this match was. They sold it like the ring is going to explode, and it didn't. And whether they really were supposed to explode the ring or not, you know, we don't know. But then for them to come out and be like, they're not going to add up. They're not going to fess up to it. They're going to say, oh, well, the heel, you know, created this really bad. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I could buy it. I don't think I could buy the manure. You know, I don't think I could. No. And see, another thing they could have done, too, if they really were worried about the wrestler's safety, even though they signed up for this shit. They could have done something where it was underneath the ring. Blow up shit underneath the ring where they were. Obviously, nothing's going to come through the bottom. And if it does, oh well. But, like, have the, have the ring implode, collapse, the, the sides of the ring fall down. You know, this side of the other. I just sparklers. don't understand why the explosion wasn't bigger. Like, they, it's not like they really blow up the ring in Japan. It's just a big boom with a lot of dust and debris. Like, I don't understand why it had to be such little pyros. And there was nobody in the no. fucking arena. <laughs> like, there was some fans, I think. But, like, you have everyone there. If you have workers out on there, if you have the fucking gun club on the ringside... Give them some safety glasses or something. Make it believable so everyone's like, like protected, except for the guys in the ring to make it believable. But they did it. They put fucking sparklers at the end, like fucking what's McCall is coming out. Like Lex Luger was coming out with this fucking uh, narcissist gimmick. Like, come on. I don't know what they were thinking, and you know, my my brother. Sorry to cut you off. My brother in law absolutely loved it though, and I was like, "What did you love out of this?" <laughs> I don't know. Like that's what I'm thinking to myself. What did you love? He says anything. It's the better than anything WWE's put out. Wow. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I love it's, you, it, but I think it is par with what the WWE did. I, I don't. It I is WWE. I think Vince would have maybe did bigger explosions because that's just Vince with his grandiose, you know, vision. So there would have been something, but 
I don't think I think it would have been on par. Ben, what do you think the WWE would have did? Give give the WWE an exploding barbed wire match. How do you think they would have booked it? Like, well, what did you, you just see been? how like what they have the Inferno match or where they had to set the Fiend on fire? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> That's okay. something just along those lines. These really fake explosions. Yeah. With a lot of debris where someone would have been caught on fire and they would have been back the next night on Raw saying they're coming for vengeance. That's how I don't understand why they do that in WWE. Like Wharton having that face mask on, he had it on for one week and he said he had third degree burns on his fucking face or whatever, wasn't it? No, he didn't say he had third. First, first degree, degree burns. But then why that do you need whole, the fucking that thing? That's thing like too. scalding your hand on some hot water. It's not a big deal, is it? No, this is bad booking. First, first degree burns. We've talked about this on another podcast, and I hate to go back to it. First degree burns is exactly. A you don't fucking you don't fucking wrap your sunburn. <laughs> Put some <laughs> noxema on and call the day. He either said something wrong. Yeah, he he either said something wrong, or I don't know. But it, no, that, those when he said first degree burns, I'm like Orton. If you're into the moment. There are like second degree burns, third degree burns. Like you could say third, you know what I mean? Second degree first burns degree. is like is, second yeah. Second degree burns is what you had. Jay yeah. Jay, when you when you burnt your Jay Glow had this uh infamous accident. We're gonna peel back the curtain here. Back when he was like twelve years old or something. You wanna tell the story? Yeah, so it was all when my uncle and I were playing around together and uh No no Oh wait, not at that story, uh uh no, we had an old uh keep uh yeah, key pedal. I can't talk. An old tea kettle with a fucking whistling bird on it. Anyone that's our age or maybe older, you guys remember that. The water was boiling and the, the rooster was that's when you knew it was done. So I uh pulled the said uh tea kettle off of the uh stove, blazing hot, with protection, mind you. And the fucking thing just, like, fell off. Like, it just completely just exploded onto the ground and fucking went all over my left leg. And my left leg had second-degree burns from my kneecap all the way down to the point where my leg looked like it was just infested with warts. But they were uh, blood blisters and wow. uh, from the hot water. I literally looked like a freak. But uh, that's second-degree burns there. That's something you put a little burn ointment on it, and you're good to go in, like, I don't know, a couple weeks maybe. Did you have to go to the hospital for that, though, too? I, I did because my parents were like, fuck, we, what do we do? Like, and then we put – instead of – you know, it's another thing, too, not to go off topic here, but the doctor had said to me back when I was younger to my parents, thank God you didn't put butter on it like a lot of people do. Like <laughs> the old-time people put butter on it to, you know, cool everything down. They said a lot of people would do that, and the leg would get fucking severely infected. Yeah, uh, or delicious, um, but <laughs> yeah, like Kramer up on the top of the fucking yeah. roof. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> but uh, but no, they they I was cold, uh, wet, cold uh, ice blankets that were from like washcloths and you know what and whatnot. But yeah, Randy Orton could have done that. Randy Orton could have said second degree burns with with because I used to have to wrap my leg. In like, you know that shit that you wrap your wrist around with and then gauze, you put that right? little Yeah, with like a gauze. Um it was an ointment and gauze and it was like that for like a week or two. They could have done that for two weeks. And then he could have came back and be like, you know what? I actually look a lot better now because of that and I feel a lot tougher too. Something stupid like that, you know? But once again, it's just 
heat of the moment. Nobody thinks. No one sits down and actually thinks about storylines anymore. They just go with the flow. But like, yeah, I, I agree. They they could have done a lot with that. They could have also done a lot with the uh, exploding barbar match gimmick. But here we are, talking <laughs> about it, talking shit on it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think they could have did a lot better. I don't know if there's, I mean, was there any shining light from any of the highlights that you guys saw with this pay-per-view? Just blood? Any, blood? Yeah. Lots of blood? That was it? Well, no, even, even not with that match, just with the pay-per-view in general. Was there was there anything else like that was like, ooh, this is interesting? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> there really wasn't. Not at all. <laughs> like, I'm happy I spent the money on the UFC pay-per-view the night before because that was more entertaining than the the AEW revolution. Well, the other big thing that did happen was the signing of Christian, which, boy, if you want to talk about somebody getting them sloppy seconds, it's fucking AEW for some strange <laughs> reason. I don't know why they're signing Big Show and, and Christian. Like, we had, like, legitimate conversations the three of us about like who they could be bringing in that would just be even like a like a giant surprise i said from ufc i said conor mcgregor i thought that would be interesting because it would be somebody who was a future hall of famer in their own right hell they could have brought on somebody from fucking nascar it would have been surprising but you're you're picking Taylor, on some, <laughs> yeah you know what i mean uh but you're picking on somebody that like christian yeah like yes he is a future hall of famer i i will not fucking but like I think my brother said John Cena. I think they it would have had to have been John Cena for it to be a shocker. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Did you guys have any thoughts on Christian? I knew it was going to be Christian. I even tweeted it. it. Yeah, I said AW. I tweeted on our Twitter at Wrestling NWE that I said Wrestling whatever prediction for Paul at Paul White's prediction of who was going to be the new person for AW was at J Christian for peeps or whatever the fuck his name is. I knew it because every, all the stars align there. You know, when someone is calling someone and saying this person is a future hall of famer. And just so you heard it here first, I knew about it before anyone else did or something like that. I knew they weren't going to have somebody crazy come over. I was hoping for that. And when you said Conor McGregor, I was like, damn, that'd be really good considering he just lost his last fight. And I know he wants to continuously fight again. But, man, AEW gives him a shit ton of money to come over and just be his character. Uh, Conor McGregor has really calmed down now that he's a father. Um, So he's not as rambunctious and as flamboyant as he is. Now he's more of a long lines of great fight, you know, shake his hand and bow his head and say, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good fight, even though I lost. Like he's not that personality that people really bought into, and some people really change their lifestyles about it because they're fucking douchebags. But anyway, um, but you know, you would just somebody like Conor McGregor would have been cool. But I knew it was going to be Christian for so many reasons. One, came back at the Royal Rumble. Two, wasn't signed with WWE. He just came back for that guest appearance and made a moment with Edge. And he's been cleared to wrestle now. The doctors cleared him, and he's in the best shape of his life. It made sense for me. I said Chris, Christian, and for that ladder match, for that that questionable person, I thought it was going to be Rob Van Dam. But I was wrong. Who did that end up being? Ethan Page, I think it was. Okay. That impact guy. Okay. Which they, they're pretty much sharing talent now with, right? Yeah. They're like sloppy seconds to their sloppy seconds. Yeah, so I mean that's that's interesting. 
the Ben Wayne, did you have a prediction on who you thought they would be? I didn't know it was anybody. I thought it would at least be someone important. (laughs) Wow. What was that? That's a cheap shot. Someone important. No, I don't really, think Christian's Christian that important. The funny, the, far, <laughs> the funny part hot, about this is I can up. remember. I don't remember what year. It's like 2005 or six. I'm sitting here. I'm a big Impact fan, and here comes Christian released from the WWE right over to Impact, and he's the Impact player now. He's the future Hall of Famer. No one gives a fuck. That's why Christian keeps getting moved around. No one cares. Like. When was Christian good last? When he was Edge's tag team partner. When was Christian... He hasn't been good since. I'm sorry. He doesn't do it for me. Christian never has. He always looked like an old man, even when he was 24. Well, I didn't care too much about his hair, but I mean, he just doesn't have the... He doesn't have the it factor, the charisma. Did someone... Did anyone see... Charisma. Captain Charisma! Oh, you Doesn't have charisma? Is that what you ever see... uh, Banana. (laughs) And the crowd go banana. (laughs) And you know what? I'm I'm uh, I'm a Pat Patterson, and I tell you, who comes out? Who comes out? Everybody's gonna love him. His name is Christian, and the crowd go whoa. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) it. Wait, the crowd. Exactly. The crowd's into channel. Did you see that meme going around? If that Christian Cage doesn't take on Brian Cage in a steel cage, I'm gonna quit being a wrestling fan. (laughs) <laughs> they're going to do that. Why that has to happen, that? right? Oh, well, if it's on the internet and it gets enough buzz, just, absolutely. Okay, serious business. Do either one of you guys like when Christian walked out? You said, "Fuck, the landscape has changed." And either one is a little bit. Seriously, it's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing right now. No, no. I just thought like, to myself, <laughs> "What type of memes?" Are who come knows? Sky's the limit. No, but I, I didn't see it, and he walks out, and he's like I looking, thought, doing the hand thing. I'm like, "There's no fans, dude. There's no one there. Yeah. No one cares." Like, who's he looking at? Christian coming out was was a was like like the air left the room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it could have been anybody. It could have been like maybe Shaq was like, "I'm gonna sign now." Because he had that match. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, oh, someone big, multi-year deal. Okay. I guess we got to give money to – I guess AEW likes to to donate to charity. So, you know, they did that with, you know, the the former WWE club. The uh, They're paying the retirement for the other guys, I guess. That's what they're doing. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. AEW needs to – do something absolutely massively huge, like how the NWL was with WCW, to be any sort of relevance in wrestling. I like watching them. It's a change of pace from like WWE and NXT because it gives you like that WCW feeling. But they they gotta they gotta fucking change it up. Like you know who they need to get on their board of like okay, this guy is gonna to write for us and he's gonna be a big guy around here. You guys might laugh at me when I say this, but every time I listen to this man talk, every time he says something, I think it's money, and it's not Bischoff. I think if they were to sign somebody like Kevin Nash, hmm. Kevin Nash has a lot of good ideas. I watch a lot of his interviews where he says a lot of shit four, five, six years ago. WWE or Impact or Ring of Honor or any of these places actually do it. And it fucking blows up like crazy. Like this man predicts the future when it comes to wrestling. I'm not sure if it's because I'm a big Nash mark, but 
the man's got a mind for wrestling. He's a smart guy too. He's got a very high IQ. And he just he's he loves the business, but he also loves money. Can you imagine paying that guy a bunch of money and saying, think of some stuff for us here? And then like I don't know. With a payoff, like with a decent payoff, like build up payoff. Like right. he, he didn't have any issues when he was writing uh, of how it finishes, right? He never had sloppy finishes. Did no. He? When he no. was writing for any matches, any feuds like that, I don't think so. Except for that finish with the uh, with him versus Goldberg and him, you know, beating the undefeated streak and Scott Hall coming out with the taser. But other than that, I mean, you listen to the guy talk about what they should be doing, what's wrong with the business today, and he's like a hundred percent right, and he has ideas that he throws out. They're 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 good. I don't remember any off the top of my head because I'm too busy listening to his old stories about his time on the road and this that, but. Like he he's got you know the man if he was to get signed somewhere he would cr- maybe create some good matches or some good storylines I should say he doesn't have to create the match he just has to create a storyline. Here's a question: Is there is there a booker that would be good for um, AEW style, e- either past, present, or or future? I know we were talking about this the last podcast that there isn't like an Eric Bischoff there or like a Paul Heyman there that like is that company because I mean, the only person I can think of is Tony Khan because everybody else is either old WWE money, WCW money, or like, you know, uh, AEW money, you know what I mean? With Arn there, you know what I mean? Like there's no like AEW talent, maybe MJF, right? That was just him, right? There was nobody else, but you know, can he create, can he, you know, write stories or shit like that because the young bucks aren't doing it no and and omega's not doing it right now this is this is what they need to do and i I, I apologize for cutting off but this is what they need to do they need to hire a lot of these guys that that had fucking fantastic matches because they had input on the match like a lance storm or a uh um i don't want to say just incredible um but like a shane douglas all these guys that are looking for work and they're available, or hell, maybe even a Bischoff or a Kevin Nash, not Scott Hall. But uh, actually, you know what? Scott Hall, he, he had a lot of influence in a lot of changes backstage when they would come up to him and say, what do we want to do for this with the all tonight and stuff like that. Get a lot of the old guys back there. Throw them a couple bucks because you guys got it. Khan's got the money. But, like, just – Get, Lance Storm apparently is a very, very, very smart guy that has a lot of good ideas. And I don't know why WWE let him go. I, I believe it was like right when the pandemic happened, they let him go. But get somebody like that where everyone – pick up the guys that everyone says, oh, man, you know, if it wasn't for this guy, this storyline, this angle would have went to the shits. This guy had a lot of good ideas with this. and He's a very smart guy, and he's fantastic in the ring. Like have – people like that join up and think of a couple of angles to do and a couple storylines because obviously the guys you got doing it right now it's a little bit better than wwe main main roster but i mean you, you get to the point now where it's like the nxt doesn't have to do anything besides come out there and they're outperform you guys value our production wise and storyline value wise a little bit AW, you guys got such a free roam to do whatever you want. You're on TNT. You can say what you want, at least as long as it's not completely 100% vulgar, like extremely vulgar. But, like, just think outside the box. You guys are brand new. 
What do you think, Ben? Is there somebody that you think like booking committee wise or uh, anybody that has some sort of brain for the business that they should maybe post from WWE? I mean, who else do they need besides Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, Arn Anderson? There's people in the company. I just don't think they have much input in in that respect. I think it's uh, Omega, the Bucks and Khan and Cody that are coming up with everything. I really think that's the, you know, the nucleus. I maybe they're taking ideas, but they have the the wrestling know-how in the company. It just doesn't seem like they're using it that way. Well, I remember hearing a story, and I think it even came from Jim Ross's podcast. If not Jim Ross's, it came from Jim Cornette's, where Jim Ross was giving suggestions. Suggestions, and I well, don't look, think they, they got took it. They got you know Sting I mean? in like, there. They got Arn in there. They got Tully in there. They got Jake Roberts. Yeah. They got Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. They got a plethora of great minds in there. None of them could. I mean, Ross was talent relations for years for the biggest wrestling company in the world. I'm sure he was behind in a lot of uh, creative meetings. Like there's so many different pieces of talent there that have a mind for the business. But it seems like they're going in a different direction, whereas it's a new direction with Omega, the Bucks and, you know, Cody's vision, I guess. Well, let me play devil's advocate really quick here, Ben. And I want to ask you this. And if you want to answer to Glow, you can. Do you think a lot of these people are just taking paychecks and just being like, yeah, I'll just be talent. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to step on any toes and I'm going to take advantage of this nice paycheck I'm getting. And I'm just going to do my job and go home. Can I you answer? Think, can I answer for you me can, and Ben? Uh, I mean, if Ben has the same answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's Fuck a lot yeah. of them phoning <laughs> it in there. I mean, Christian, the big show. I mean, I don't know if, what Sting's doing there. I don't even know why they would really pick up Sting besides like, you know, like maybe a face, yes. But how much are they giving him? Because he's such a big, recognizable face. Whereas they could buy a lot of really good pieces and chips instead of giving big money to these guys who really can't go anymore. They're not no. fighting for their life anymore. Like this isn't this isn't ninety seven to ninety nine to two thousand. No. Like no one's fighting for their job. Jo- jobs are guaranteed now. So it's like you don't you don't have to do anything. The only people that are actually pulling off good storylines is if they're on the cusp of getting cut. That's the only time they do anything. Do that with everybody then. Say, hey, WWE's trying to, even if you fucking make it up, WWE is trying to buy out our contract here because it's X amount of dollars, so we got to pick it up here so we can get more revenue. What what are you going to do now? There is no revenue. Fucking everything's closed. You have to... You have to think outside the box. That's what a lot of these fucking that's this is what WWE and WCW did so well back in the late nineties. They had to go think outside the box. They needed to do this and do that so that way they could survive and not get bought out by the other company. Every everyone's got everyone's billionaires now. Everyone has millions and millions of dollars. That it's like like Mikey said when in the, his question: Do they feel comfortable now? Absolutely. A lot of these old guys they don't give a fuck. They're they're set up. They have this side gig going on. They got that going on. AEW, it's just it's like AEW or even WWE if they're uh, uh, you know a veteran working there. They they're made. They they can save their money. Money is they maybe have an accountant that's you know saying hey we did this with your five hundred grand here. We invested this and that. People are smart now. They're not stupid like they were back in the nineties. So they could their their money is being used wisely. And a lot of these guys, like Arn and Tully and all them, they're there because they get to get that limelight 
and they also get to feel that sense of, oh, man, I miss doing this, and I get to do this every Wednesday now, and I get to come out and talk on here. It takes me back to when I was, you know, 30, 28, whatever. Like, it's it's all nostalgia is really when it comes down to it, so. You're saying that, that today's roster isn't as dumb as it is with they were like back then in the nineties and things like that, just with like finance wise, maybe drugs, alcohol, things like that. What do you think today's roster uh, will have an issue with? And and I think I know the answer, but I don't know if you guys want to chime in and, and, and maybe guess like, you know, like back then, like, you know what, Scott Hall was a fucking alcoholic, you know, he had a drinking problem, all that shit. Yeah. I, I know a lot of the wrestlers like did crack, you know, not maybe crack, well, cocaine, crack like that. <laughs> doing yeah. drugs and shit like that. What do you think today's generation of wrestlers um, vices? Question mark. Are? I would, I would like to take this uh, question because I've been thinking about this for a long time and mm-hmm. I've actually compared and contrasted from now to the nineties and late eighties, the eighties and nineties of drugs and alcohol and, and just, you know, I guess STDs or what have you AIDS um, that right now, in the 80s and 90s, the equivalent to that today, which could get someone in trouble, is being canceled of sexually abusing somebody or something coming so up. Where, some sort of sexual. Yeah, like something. Conducts. Social media. That's the drug. That's the drug right now. Something comes up on there that, you know, Jimmy Dean uh, gave somebody too much sausage, you know, and and now it's like, oh, you pushed your sausage on me. I'm a strong, independent woman and you cannot do that to me. And then everyone tweets about it. Oh, the neckbeards. Oh, you're so you're so beautiful. I don't know why he would do that to you. Uh, hashtag uh, cancel. Hashtag uh, for you. Hashtag uh, we do what works for you. Hashtag Weiss Markets. Like stuff like that. Like everyone's going to like just social media is a drug. That's social media and being canceled is the equivalent to cocaine, pain pills, booze. And everything that was back in the 80s and 90s. So, like Darby Allen, I thought he was going to be a goner. Apparently not. Joey Ryan, he's gone, but I could have swore I just read he came back somewhere. Or showed up that, somewhere. I think he showed up somewhere for a benefit, but I don't think people are buying that for a second with, you know, his uh, actions and things like that. Oh, not him. Not him. The other guy, Marty Scroll. That's who it was I saw came back up somewhere. I think it was Ring of Honor. Maybe it was Marty Scroll. No, which Joey which Ryan. was the dick guy? Is it Marty Scroll? Joey Ryan's the dick guy. Joey Ryan was the one that I think he tried to come back to. And like, people are like, nah, because he, again, what I was going with is like you said, Jay glow. I think like the nineties, the eighties with the drug, I think now it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be cancer, cancel culture so much as you got caught with your pants down. Yeah. I think it's legitimately like sexually grooming is the word you know i think uh i think a lot of people are doing that and trying to get away with it and i think what's going to end up happening is people are going to find out and you know rightfully so when they're grooming fans i think that's okay like no no no, like i think that's okay for them to get caught on because they're not the big shit like they should be you know their actions should be accounted for but i think that's the big thing that you're going to find out a lot of these guys because they're not doing drugs they're quote unquote straight and narrow, but I think when you peel back that curtain, they're going to be meeting in motel rooms with groupies and having sex with them. Or kids. 
I, I mean, it could be it could be a, a pedophilia ring or something like that. Is there something that you're thinking, Ben? Do you think maybe drugs is still a thing? For I'm some not of these totally guys? sure, but I, I, the only addiction. thing I was going to throw out is methamphetamine. It's like a now a bigger, you know, is a bigger drug than like you oh, know cocaine so. or um, you know heroin equivalent, like in the '90s that we're talking about. Now today, it's more methamphetamine, such a big deal, you know. Do you think the wrestlers would be? Anything's possible. Like, like you know, or? even these uh, drug tests that they say they have to go through, everyone has exceptions. You know, they give you a heads up. It's not like steroids. That's what they're really watching for. Like, you got to cycle off steroids. Um, like recreational stuff mm-hmm. like methamphetamine isn't that hard to uh, cycle yourself off of after a while. So I'm sure if you get a heads up, you'll be clean. But fuck those schedules, the, all that flying, all that up and down. I still never think they, uh, any, any normal human being can just pull that off without some substance help. So get up in the so morning and dude, at night or just dude like my knees down. hurt some days and there, I don't even do half the stuff wrestlers do. And fucking, I guarantee you there, Randy Orton is icing himself every night, laying in bed with heating pads. He's the guy's all over. What is he? Over 40. He's been wrestling for years. I guarantee you he has to go through all that stuff. And shit has, like, changed and progressed since the 90s and the 80s. Like, like not even overnight, but just it's so night and day now with how people can, like, for example, Chris Benoit, I mean, he was always getting hurt somehow or another and there was nothing like we have today that could see what had happened like okay this guy's mind's not right we need to sit down with them or if someone's hurting every day and they're getting prescribed pain pills that's not really a thing that we hear about anymore so it's like not a lot of people are getting hooked on that if anything alcohol and marijuana too legal uh type of substance but we don't see a lot of people abusing them to the point where they're, you know, having matches where they're coming out drunk like Jeff Hardy did or Scott Hall or so on and so forth. Like, we don't see that anymore. No, and that's that's probably good for that industry. But I was always just thinking, like, yeah, back then, the big scandals with wrestlers were and they were either dying because they were having heart attacks because they were taking too many drugs or, you know, car accidents, things of that nature. I think now it's going to be like you said, Jake. I think it's the cancel culture that's going to get people and it's going to be a it's going to be like a real sour taste in, in, in a lot of fans' mouths when they see like their favorite superstar or wrestler or whatever just be caught up in something that's really, really scandalous, like ridiculous. But people will also get over it really quick, try to defend them. And right. then, you know, y- you'll have those people that try to take the sides of those people. And I've seen it happen a lot with like certain um, uh, online personalities, like those YouTubers and things like that. And boy, they can never be looked at the same way again after they, they've gotten found out. They were grooming fans or anything like that. You just kind of get burnt, you know? But, right. Or YouTube hosts. <laughs> I mean, podcast hosts, I should say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no canceling anybody on wrestling and whatever, right? <laughs> no, no. We can't, not here. Not at the top of the hour. <laughs> Never Not the hostess with the mostess. Oh <laughs> yeah, well. that is Beetlejuice, but that's us now. Well, I, I say what, guys? I say we end this podcast on a high note, and that will be. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna set the sparklers, sparklers off. Right now and that's our gonna do. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't actually have anything. I tell you, fucking, I'm still fire, like so. um, underwhelmed but, uh, by the major impact player that showed up. Hey, Christian's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be a big deal. Him and Paul White, they're gonna they're gonna form a tag team. Um, they're gonna be called uh, the Heydays. And I don't be even get it. Arn Anderson, who's not going to talk for them. Christian, My God, <laughs> like I could see anybody. Like I understand he still can go, but I don't see the value and recognition of Christian is in AEW. Maybe he's going to light it up with a couple like Omega and Cody. Yeah, like did, did Christian and Cody have any big matches? Like where they had they have a feud at some point. No, I didn't think so either. <laughs> like, what the no. fuck? No. <laughs> Who the fuck's looking at Cody's career going? Oh, he had a lot of great matches back in his day. What, oh is fucking Jeff Jarrett going to come back? Could you imagine? <laughs> is he going to fucking... Could is he going to be Global Force, all, in, all Elite? Just, like, him fucking Impact player. Here comes a J-double-F. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I probably would pop if he came out and. That's the road dog. Spend my That's days looking on the go. <laughs> the road dog. It's the road. That was his music it, video. The road dog. That's Honey in the Road Dog's voice. <laughs> hey, if I gotta take my headset off, <laughs> we're gonna go round and round. <laughs> For the off, defend the road dog. Oh, he has, he has oh, such a God. voice, didn't he? <laughs> What are we talking about here? He did. He still does. <laughs> yeah, what are we going on about? <laughs> what book is this shit? What a bomb match. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, uh, you guys got a nice full hour episode of us here tonight with no commercial breaks. Uh, mm. But before we do hang up the, uh, the old proverbial hat and coat, um, I just want to throw a big shout out to Loco Coffee. Uh, for sponsoring us uh, throughout the year uh, because we just passed our one year mark and uh, you could always get our uh, you could get our use our code I should say on their website drinklocalcoffee.com you get 10% off by using wrestling we uh, man I'll tell you what loco is shooting like Do- dogecoin to the moon again a lot of a lot of new customers there a lot of people are digging their coffee so kudos to them we also have another sponsor that came with us along the way. Their name is Boosted Shades. You go on their website, BoostedShades.com, you can get 15% off with using the wrestling with the code wrestling, uh, wrestling WE. Uh, I had a lot of stroke. Uh, my God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we thank those two for uh, sponsoring us. We didn't get to plug our little commercial in. Because we just had a commercial-free, fantastic episode of us just shitting on Revolution. Um, really spent an hour talking about AEW. It's amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to perhaps better pay-per-views. Or if they're going to just say, hey, man, we really fucked up. Let's make the next one big and make something out of this and say that it was all Kenny's fault or Don Callis's fault. Or something like that, where he didn't want to get his six-figure, uh, seven-figure wrestler getting hurt, or whatever they could say, something like that, where you know something happens. All I know, all I know, is something's got to happen in the next pay-per-view. What's the next it, one? All in or something like that? That's their. That's this is their two-year anniversary for All In. So this is the pay-per-view that started it all. So this is their WrestleMania. So it should be a WrestleMania caliber 
pay-per-view if it is or not well, well you know that's going to be that's up to them i guess um we'll go commercial free this week or promotes that sounds good hey as for me i have nothing to promote as well just check out our stuff on the twitter on uh the facebook we're wrestling uh and whatever for both of those things and you know we we put up a lot of funny things uh chat with us, talk to us. We love to interact with our fans. We love to, you know, shoot the shit, if you will. And if you guys have, like, interesting suggestions with maybe brackets, I think we're going to be bringing back the brackets, um, if not this season, the beginning of next season. It's going to be a smaller bracket because I believe the last one was three episodes. (laughs) It was. I think we're going to try to move it back to maybe two or maybe just do it all in one. Um you know, we were thinking of different ideas bracket-wise, like uh, best, uh, what was it? Best, I'm trying to Best think heel. Best heel, uh, best face, best tag team, best um, stage presentation. That's the thing I was going to say, like, you know, mm-hmm. which was the best stage. Best entrance music. I mean, you know, we just discuss it. It's cool. The cool thing about being a three-man booth is there's never going to be a tie. Right. It's either going to be a clean sweep. Or it's going to be an upset victory. so. And I like that. And I think the one that on our wrestling and whatever page, which I may have to post another uh, tally of what everyone would like to see as the next one. I believe last year when we threw up that post of who would you, what would you want the next bracket to be? A lot of people voted for who was the best heel of all time and who was the best WWE wrestler who was never WWE champion. Ooh, okay. So, I like both of those. We could throw that into a bracket. Right. Maybe we'll do two this season. You know, we don't know. We don't know. But but, uh, it, but as as for me, I don't know what the fuck that was. But as for me, Mikey Dangerously and the Ben Wayne, we say 